Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. You know what Zen Parenting Radio is, sweetie? Mm-hmm. It's a podcast between yep. you and I. You're a spiritual and emotional mom, and I'm a logical and practical dad. And we have uh, three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 12. And our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, sweetie, to become a better you. And always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Isn't that right? Correct. Um, you want to know what we discuss on the show? I do, because... Because you forgot? No, I didn't, but you can go ahead and tell me. We discuss transformational wisdom, uh-huh. everyday challenges, and pop culture to, yes. to encourage laughter, self-awareness, and empathy. So this is our Friday fun show, and I'm kind of in charge of the content. I am sitting here with a pen and a blank piece of paper. No, you have something written down. What does that what, say? What do I have? What does it say? I wrote you. You. Were you talking about me? <laughs> I don't know why Are I you wrote talking it. to me? You talking to me? I uh, just wrote you. Um. So, but real quick housekeeping, we have the Empowerment Project this Tuesday in no, Elmhurst. this Monday. Oh, you're right. This it's Monday. the 18th. Tuesday Monday, is May my 18th. men's group, sweetie. Yeah, sorry, different thing. Monday, you're right. So if you haven't signed up, better sign up. Well, and you, do, you don't really sign up, you get tickets. Oh, get tickets. So what you do is yeah. you go to zenparentingradio.com, click on events, and you can get your tickets there. Um, and this is it, final push, because the movie is going to be screened on Monday, and it's a one-time, one-night thing. So It's a da- date night with your daughter. Yes. Um, ordinary women doing extraordinary things. It's going to be awesome. And it's brought to you by Comprehensive Clinical Services, and that's at discoverccs.org. All right, you ready? So you and I had really kind of good, important, not necessarily easy conversation. Right. And it had to do with the balance of how much work I was doing versus how much work you were doing. And to be quite blunt... You were putting in more of an effort from a parenting household standpoint. Right. So can I back up a little? No, don't back up yet. <laughs> okay. That's a backup boogaloo. I know. That's a backup. All right. So here's the deal. So Todd and I, we've been talking about these things forever, obviously, because we've been doing this show for five years. You know, we're always talking about, um, you know, dividing things, partnership, equal, blah, blah, blah. Balance. Balance. But the truth is you only kind of know your own frame of reference, right. meaning sometimes you're like, okay, got it. Yeah. And then something happens that expands your awareness even more. So this could be about balance or this could be about the way you perceive somebody or something or a job or a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And our ex- awareness expanding event was me reading the book Overwhelmed yeah. by Bridget Schulte, who was on last week. And also by me reading Tara Moore's book, yeah. which was which is playing big. Both of these books, probably two of my favorite books in the last year, um, they just kind of expand that perspective of who why women do what they do and how there's just certain things that we just accept and don't question. Well, I, that's one layer to it. Okay. Um, I would even, I think that we should broaden this conversation and not necessarily male, female. I mean, that'll be a part of it. But the other part of it is who's in charge of the household? Because there's a lot of, I'm thinking of Mark, like household fathers, like guys that are taking care of the house. Right. Okay. Oh, yes. And by saying all that, I didn't mean to limit because right. this is definitely for men. It, I, I, I feel like much. this is who's on more, who is in charge of homework, who is in charge of school activities. See, and I think of it more, you're right, but 
we can be, I think it's about perception of society and how that becomes our reality. And you are right. There are some people like our friend Mark and other stay-at-home dads we know who are in charge of all those things just because it's divided very naturally. But let's be honest. Most of the time that the – what's the term I want to use? Not the caretaker, but the one – CEO of the house. CEO of the house. Very Mm -hmm. good. Most of them are women. That's just the way it is. Exactly. That's what I want to talk about is because when you've got a very natural distinction of this person works full-time, this person stays home – it, there is a if it be the male or the female or whichever yeah, which matter. way it it it's natural and mm-hmm. you've decided this right when you have two parents who are working yeah. maybe part time or not part time or full time both full time or it whatever gets a little more challenging yeah and also that decision making process yeah. of who is going to go part time right. or who is going to stay full time or or who is the breadwinner and mm-hmm. these are all real current conversations right that you know families need to have because it's not what it used to be mm-hmm. but what's ended up happening is that typically cuz Todd and I like to speak in general generalities is no, that a word not even close. generalizations uh yeah generalizations i think generalities Gen- should be a word no it's generalities generalities <laughs> there are certain words i can't say okay generalities so that's the word we're going to speak that way because of course there is always you know the opposite the opposite right but really what's ended up happening is women who are now working more and who maybe have as high profile or as challenging or as time consuming a job as their counterpart are still doing the same amount of work in the home right. which means childcare issues um you know maybe food cooking yeah. that kind of thing um arranging family events um because there's a lot of things that I don't even think certain partners know occur no. like wouldn't you say that at and again we've talked about this on the show so I'm not this is not an, a a gripe I'm picking up but that when when the holiday time rolls around you show up and there's wrapped presents there for everybody yeah and you don't even have to make an extreme example of that you could just say everyday life so Kathy is the CEO of this household okay? right and most of the things that you do I don't have gratitude for I sometimes don't even acknowledge. Well, like I don't even know. That's e- it. Even though that I'm, he- even though that you know, when I'm not traveling, I work out of my house most of the time. Um, even having said that, I still do not. Uh, not only do I not participate in much of that, uh, I don't even acknowledge or or even say thank you for that. Okay. That's part of it, but it's also even knowing that it's something that it needs to be that needs to be done. Like it's not as if you're like seeing all this busyness and you're just saying, "Well, I'm not going to say thank you or I'm not saying thank you." There's probably a piece of you that didn't even know this was a thing that had to occur. Right. Like registering the girls for school. Forget it. You didn't even you Wouldn't didn't even know, know that where was to start. a thing. So or, yeah, go ahead. So here's what here I okay. want to start. It's like how did we get here? Okay. That's kind of how I did wanna, we get here? That's yes. what I want to name this podcast. Okay. How, how did, did we, we get, get here? here? And I'll tell you, I've been thinking about this, and oh, we good. even we even talked about this. We got here based on the very beginning, and when our oldest was born, uh-huh. you were an overprotective, normal mom who 
did everything. I mean, I helped a little bit, but you had to feed the baby. You had to do all these things. Let's right? back up even more, okay? Okay. Let's back up to the fact that when you and I got together, I... <laughs> Okay, I was in grad school because yeah. I was becoming a therapist. Yeah. And I spent about four years at, at Children's Memorial and then longer beyond that working to become a clinical therapist and have my own office and be a child and family therapist. Okay. I had that. Yeah. We got married. Mm-hmm. I got pregnant. Now, let's see. Let's stop there. Okay. You getting pregnant, uh, you charted your cycle. Right. You did all these things. Yes. All I did was show up and have sex with you. Right. (laughs) That's right. That's what I did. That sounds real nice. It's time. We're going to make a baby. I'm ovulating. Like it started all before the baby showed up. Right. Right. It did. You're right. It's like you learn about your own body. Right. I didn't read those books. Right. I didn't do any of that. You said it's time and I'm like, all right. Okay. Let's go. Right. Best part of babies is making them. Right. right? Until it becomes redundant. It becomes- Lady redundant woman? Not lady redundant woman, but it becomes where it's something you have to do like, and she's having a baby. Right. I don't remember that part. Yes, you do. When Remember, she's like, he's downstairs lifting weights and she's yeah. like, Jake. Yeah. He's shooting darts. He's shooting darts board. and he doesn't want to do that no, anymore. No. He's tired of it. So, so, but let's just fast forward. The baby's born. We're three months in. No, we can't fast forward. Okay. I, we didn't get, I didn't get to my point. Go. Because you said- what I'm saying is I we got pregnant and I left my job. Yes. I had worked, I had gone to school undergrad, I had taught, I had worked to get to a point where I could pay for grad school. I worked through grad school. I did two internships. I finally got the job that I wanted and I quit. Right. And again, when I say that, I didn't do that for Todd. I That was my choice and it was a family choice. It was your choice. choice and our choice. But- why we need to look at that is how significant that is. And mm-hmm. this is what Sheryl Sandberg writes about. Yeah. Is that I'm glad I made that choice, meaning there's no regret. What Todd and I are trying to point out though is how normal how this isn't even sometimes discussed. Well, it's not discussed and it it's happens, expected. It's yeah, yeah. True. And and we can go the society route and I think that that's an important thing that we should at least acknowledge. Right. And when I say I, – we have to be so careful with our language. When I say expected, no, not all people are like you're going to quit your job. But if one person is going to either quit or slow down – It's usually the mom. It's usually the mom. Right. So – and I think that knowing myself and and after being pregnant and having the experience right. of having the baby home, I knew that was right for me. Right. Okay. Okay. So now let's fast forward. Our baby's three months old. Okay. First appointment, uh, first doctor's appointment. Yes. Who makes it? Me. You do. Right. Of course, right? Right. Now, is that because, does that mean I'm a bad dad? Does that no. mean I don't care? You. These are things you want to do. Right. You are in the overprotective, I don't know if that's the right, right. term. It, it just, I was just momming out. Yeah, you're yeah. momming out. Yeah. So you did it, all right. right? So then the next thing, the baby needs whatever, new, not, not new clothes, just needs something just new. Just needs everything they right. need in their closet. Right. Beyond all the other unbelievable things that you do, which is nurse this child and everything right. else. But you would do that. And then you would do, and then there's a six month doctor's appointment and you would create that. That's how we, we started. It's incremental. It's it's, it's baby step and our way to the step. point where, and, and I'll share this. I think that we have one of the most healthy marriages that I know. Mm-hmm. Having said that, we also struggle and are challenged. A few weeks ago, I had some work things going on and we had not necessarily the best evening together mm-hmm. because um, there was a, a lack of acknowledgement on what uh, you had done that week in my absence. And so we struggled that night and we talked it through, right? And, and- 
even though I feel like kind of we're jumping into a new story here, why that's important is because a lot of times my women's circle and I were talking about this last week, having difficult conversations with your partner, as I said on the show with Bridget, is like having sex talks with your children. You don't have one and then move forward and go, okay, got it. it. You have conversations with your partner ongoing. Mm -hmm. And one thing that you and I have learned is a lot of the, some of our biggest conversations have resulted in a change in behavior on both of our parts where I've learned something, you've learned something, I've learned I'd need to speak up, you learned you needed notice, whatever. Some of our conversations are just the nature of a lot of different Mm -hmm. events converging and we couldn't have predicted or prevented it. Right. But if we didn't talk about it, then we don't get through it in a healthy way. Right. And why that's important is the last conversation, the one you're talking about where we went out and um, we came home and we were having many of the disagreement on the way home is I think you said, well, how – what can I do different next time? Or you said, well, how can we avoid this? And I I was thinking about it and I I was like, I don't think we – could have because there's no way that we would have known all these events would have gone together. Right. And and I don't want to bore you guys with all of them, but you know, me being on all week, you traveling, the event that we attended, you having a glass of you having beer so I couldn't drink wine. It was all these like dumb things that in isolation are not a big deal. Right. But when you put them all together, they become a big deal. Right. So to Todd's point, how could we have prevented this? I don't think we could have, but what we did need to do mm-hmm. was talk about it. We needed to talk about it, and this goes along with the conversation that we had, and this isn't from our conversation, but I wrote this down anyways. Let's say I said, what can I do to help? And I wrote this down. The reply is, make some decisions. This is a big part of what we talked about. Mm. Whenever there's a problem, I say, okay, let's talk about it. And you do the work ah, to process point. the entire good, good. thing. Yes. And I sit there and listen as intently as I can and maybe offer up a suggestion or two. But most of the time, you're the one processing through it. And I'm just trying to support you get through it because I want to get through it right. and I love you. And uh, it, this goes back to Bridget Schulte. She doesn't want – like when the husband says, what can I do to help – it's almost an annoyance sometimes to the wife of even having to answer that question. Well, because that is the definition, again, of CEO, Right, is that if you are the CEO of the home, mm-hmm. then it is your responsibility to delegate. It is your responsibility to figure out when things are overwhelming. It is your responsibility to tell people how to help you. It, it defaults to you, and if you don't ask for help, then – you're the one who did something wrong versus somebody else coming in and saying, I will take this. Right. This is not yours anymore. Now, here's the really tricky part. Okay. This is the part that we're going to confuse ourselves and the listeners. All right. One example that you and I had was I decided uh-huh. that I'm going to start taking the girls to school. Right. That backfired. Right. We talked about this with Bridget. Do you remember? I don't, but re. So what happened is we were in the – There was, was an imbalance. This was a year or so ago right. and I was feeling like, you know, Todd was in his work in mode right. and he was just kind of going through the motions and I was thinking about – because I got I to gotta say this, Todd. It's not just about picking up the girls. It's about that it's – I have to worry about making sure it happens. Yeah. See, I can – if you and I are both working from home and it's like 10 to 3 – I have to be the one to say, are you going to pick up the right. girls? So inevitably, I have to keep it, as Bridget said, in top, top of my mind. Right. So my mind is full. Mm-hmm. 
And even though you, oh, sorry, sorry, microphone, I'm getting all worked up. Even though you're picking them up, I'm still carrying the burden of remembering to right. pick them up. And that's a really big difference. Right. Well, and I want to go back to what we're talking about, but one other thing that I wrote down is clarity for me. Yes. Is extremely essential. essential. Yeah. Because quite honestly, if there's any ambiguity, and I will call myself out as a husband and a father, if there's any ambiguity on who's picking up the girls- It's going to be me. It's going to be you. Yeah. And that is a result of years of historical experience. You are the one who does most of these things. And if we haven't decided, Todd, you're going to pick up the girls, I'm going to- incorrectly, or I don't know what the word is, presume that it's going to be your job. Right. And here's, and and for Todd in my relationship, which started out with me being a stay-at-home mom and you working, that was very, that was divided equally. Gradually, as we had more children, (laughs) funny that we started doing more when we had more kids, but when we started having more kids, I started, I went back to school again. I started working a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I started writing. So my career Mm -hmm. started shifting. Now I created a career so I could be at home. Right. But it was st- I was still working. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't change yeah. it. When the baby was born. You, I, it was just me and the baby. You did, you, yeah. I think you resigned. Or maybe you didn't. I did resign. Did you, yeah, I resigned. When the baby was born or? I, after the baby was born, I was home for two weeks and I went in and resigned. Got it. Because okay. I was like, I, right. I can't go so back. So that was black and white. That was that black was, and white. That was... I need to, you know, be a good dad, but I also need to make sure that I bring home the paycheck and you are the one in charge of this household. Right. And so then as the years went on, things changed. And that was, that's the big thing we have to look at is that because we had already set a pattern of if it be a doctor's appointment or dropping them off for school or registering them or getting camps going, a pattern had already been created that I was in charge of that. Now, as I increased my load, we didn't we didn't revise the, exactly. the plan. I think we just got to the core yes. right there. We didn't revise, mm-hmm. and so the big talks Todd and I have been having in the last just couple of weeks yeah. because of our discussion with Bridget is what are the things that aren't mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. right now? Right. Where really, if we're partners, yeah, and and again. I'm, this is not just about men need to come to the table because a lot of times moms don't allow for it. They get frustrated by the fact that there's not a partnership, but then when the partner says – and this is your question to me about I'll pick them up from yeah. school. When the partner says, let me do this, let me do that, we get perfectionistic and control freaky and we say no. Yeah. So we're hurting our own you know. That's a whole desire. other layer is that the whoever the CEO of the household is – you need to surrender and let go of the way that it has to be as long as it gets done because I may not change the baby's diapers in exactly the way you do. You may not dress them. I may not dress them exactly the way you do. You may decide to watch a video instead of read a book at night. Yes, you need to allow okay. for that space. Exactly. And, and that's kind of a big part. Another thing I wrote down is, and I don't know if this completely blends in with what we're talking about right now, but I said the bottom line is the reason we don't help, and I'm talking about myself, the reason I don't help is because you allow me not to help most often. And then when you finally do get upset or you need to have a talk, then you say, this isn't working. I immediately get defensive being like, you are not seeing 
everything. How hard I am freaking working mm -hmm. to put, you know, I'll go to the men thing. You know, as men, we feel more often than not, our value is determined on our paycheck and our job. And if you come to me and say, this isn't working, I don't feel like I'm being supported with these activities my instant reaction is you don't have any idea how hard I work. Right. And you are saying at the same time, like you, don't you have, have no, no idea, idea how, how hard, hard I, work. I work. So here we are, I have two people that love each other who are saying to each other, you have no idea how hard I work. So you guys can understand why this whole show, if it be about parenting, relationships, the world, all of us want to be seen, all of us want to be heard and validated. And when we come at each other looking to be seen, heard, and validated, and the other person is feeling the exact same way, that's when we clash. So it's not about that our partners suck and they don't mm. care and they're jerks. I can't stand that simple, that simplistic way of disregarding someone we love. Right. They're not jerks. I mean, unless you're in a situation where yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, there's the spectrum. There's some jerks out there's there. There's some jerks out there. But for the most part, the way we disregard and say, well, they wouldn't do anything anyway, or they're just a jerk, or they're lazy, we have to ask, and we have to be willing to hear the way they see things, so then we can validate where they're coming from, then they can validate where we're coming from, or vice versa. Because... That's the only way that we can make a change, is if we can first... Let's see how many I can fit in my mouth. <laughs> you know, George, the ocean called. They're running out of shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Riley? <laughs> well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. <laughs> What's the difference? You're their all-time bestseller. <laughs> Wife is in a coma. Oh, jerk store. Ah, sorry. So anyway, my point is, is that the most important thing we can do with our partners is notice in present time what is happening that is good. For example, the word gratitude. Mm. We have to understand what that means in in present time, because a lot of times we'll say, well, yeah, I'm grateful for this. Yeah, I'm grateful for that. But do you say to your partner, thank you for taking care of this? Thank you for being in charge of this. And a lot of times the man will try to make you think that he doesn't need to hear it and they need to hear it just, just as, as much. much as the women. So here is my advice for everybody is let's, you know, you're pretty good at this, sweetie. Whenever you say something's not working or we need to talk about this, I mean, that's the that's the most pleasant way of receiving this information. There's a lot of spouses out there that say, you don't do anything and you blah, blah, blah. And, and that's because a million things have piled up. But even as, as good as you are at it, uh -huh. usually you start out with, listen, I notice everything you're doing. You... It's, it sounds weird or maybe uh, preconceived, but if you really want to get somewhere with this discussion with your husband or your wife, start out 
saying five nice things about things they're doing. Right. And then on the sixth one, then you get into it. And it doesn't have to be like to Todd's point, his point is exactly on the mark, but it doesn't have to be literal. Like here's one thing, here's two things. It's I want you to know, I know you work hard. I want you to know that when you travel, you don't want to travel. Yes. I want you to know that when you're out at dinners with work people, that that's really not where you want to be. And I know these things at the same time. I want you to know I'm still challenged and then your door is open because – or that's when the discussion happens. But you can also on a daily basis Mm -hmm. notice and recognize what your partner is doing because sometimes we're so in a deficit that even the lovely things that are being done will say, yeah, they did it today, but they won't tomorrow. We can't even acknowledge it. And sometimes – I learned this from a friend of mine recently. Sometimes we want to be – pouty. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying we, I don't, I won't say that I do because I've, I think I kind of done with that. Like just vent? No, I think that some people are so used to being angry. This is who they are. And they're more comfortable they're being more angry. They're more comfortable that when someone tries to help them solve the problem, mm-hmm. they don't want it solved. Yeah. They want to be frustrated. Yeah. They want to be mad. Because they are more comfortable with what's familiar. That's that doesn't right. mean that's what they want, but they're more comfortable. And we gravitate towards our comfort level, not necessarily what's best for us, just what we're comfortable with. And if if I'm a dad who's usually grumpy and there may be even times where I want to be like silly and in a good mood, but I don't want to show that or something, it's like messed up. It is. Well, we it's called the ego. Yeah. We don't want to feel good right now. Don't make me feel good. And right. sometimes that's justified when we're grieving or or have had some kind of sadness or anger where we're not ready to be over it. But when we're just carrying a grudge mm-hmm. where we don't allow somebody to put some deposits mm-hmm. so we can actually start to see clearly and and what I mean by deposits is Again, this is this is a, an equation, really, because if you are being grateful and noticing, then you're giving deposits. This is as Todd and I talk about on the show, emotional bank account, which comes from Stephen Covey. This is this is a person who coined all this, uh, coined yeah. like emotional bank account. If you're putting, if you're being grateful and saying what you're grateful for, you're putting in deposits. So when you make a withdrawal, mm-hmm. which is I'm challenged by this, you're not noticing this, I'm having a hard time with this, you that person feels they're full enough yeah. that they have capacity to hear you. Yeah. If you are constantly yelling or angry or not noticing anything that this person's doing, they are depleted. You're withdrawing from an empty bank account. And let me say that it sounds like I'm just saying women need to do this for men. Right. No, this goes back and forth. When, you know what I mean? This- well, I will, and I, I will say this, like, let's, let's say that they're, one of the spouses is working and the other one is at home. There's an imbalance. Let's say it's the guy, the guy's working and the mom's at home. There a lot of guys out there will um, value the relationship with their boss than their relationship yes. with their wife or right. their kids. And that's messed up. Yeah. And it's easy to get caught in that trap because you paint yourself in a corner and you think you're going to get fired or something like that. But really, this is a prioritization thing. Like, what is the most important thing in my life? And the thing is, uh, your wife will love you unconditionally, hopefully. Yeah. Your boss can fire you and he doesn't love you unconditionally. So it's easier to be more loyal towards this boss 
Because there's more fear involved. Because there's more unknown. fear involved than to your wife. It's kind of like in the paper. Remember the movie The Paper? You like that movie more than me. I love that movie. I know. And uh, who's the Michael woman? Michael Keaton. No. Who's Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei's talking to him on the street. And she paints all these hypothetical scenarios of these extreme examples of how if you would have to choose work or family, work or family. And uh, she basically – but the the scenarios are so extreme. Like, you know, I get in a car accident um, or your boss needs you to, um, you know, meet this deadline. What are you going to do? He's like, well, of course I'd go to you. But she's like, that never happens. It's all these small incremental in, in, incremental. Um, examples that don't necessarily have this huge fallout as a result of it. It's these baby things, these small that things are creating the big that issue. add up to the big one. So when you say, well, you were fine at home, so I am going to come home late. Well, it was only one recital, so I'm going to go to this event instead. Well, you, you know, I knew you could get it done, so I decided to stay at work late. When you do that continuously, it becomes one big ball of problem. Yep. Ball of problem. One big problem. How about that? Now, one of the things we have to recognize, because I think Todd and I are are saying this in many different ways, is when we're having an argument about these things, mom being CEO, dad working a lot, or vice versa, the, the two things that come into the room with us, historically speaking, are the need to be an ideal mom mm-hmm. and the need to be an ideal worker. Yep. Typically, generally, women carry the ideal mom thing. I have to do everything. I have to do it perfect. I have to do it well, or who am I? And men carry the ideal worker of I have to be the best worker, the brightest worker, the fastest worker, the longest worker, or who am I? So that's history. That's that's societal norms. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily true or helpful today. That doesn't mean we're not a good mom and a good worker, but we start to recognize what do we really want? And we will say, well, I can't change this until society changes. Mm-hmm. How many times do we have to say this? We are society. Yeah, we're practicing that. We have to make the decision to say, I am going to go home at 6 every day or 5 or 4.30 because – and when your boss says, well, you're going to miss this meeting, you say, I know. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of workers won't even consider the possibility – of missing a meeting yes. at the risk of disappointing their boss a little bit when the the fallout from that decision is that they're devastating their family. Their family. Yeah. And that's imbalanced. That is. And we know from the amount of people we've worked with and talked with and also our friend Amy Rogers, who's a human resources executive who's been on the show yeah. and is a friend of ours, that as she's been in human resources resources her whole life. And she said, if people come to me Mm -hmm. and say, here's my new plan, this is how I'm going to make it work. I am going to leave every day at four, but this is how I see it happening. I'm going to come early on Wednesday. You create a plan that benefits your, not just your family, but you, because benefiting you does benefit your family. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Self-awareness here and and the practice of self-love benefits everybody. You create that and she's like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we want to keep the employees. We don't want turnover. We want the people that we have to be happy and stay. Yeah. But we're so afraid yeah. of if we don't do everything. Right. And what do we end up doing? Like we have a friend who um, she had a job and she was she decided to move 
And she was so nervous about telling her company that she was going to move. But when she did, they're like, you can still do your business from there, but mm. you still have to come home once a month. Right. And then that started to be difficult because she was all the way across the country and had to fly home once a month. She was so afraid and she thought, well, I'm going to have to quit. Yeah. So she she got herself to that tizzy of I'm going to have to quit. She went in and said, I can't fly home once a month. They're like, that's okay. Yeah. You're still fine. Do once a quarter or twice a year or My whatever. point is, is we create a story in our head and maybe – because we're talking in generalizations, maybe there are times that that will not work at that business anymore. Right. But maybe then we need to be open-minded that there's other possibilities. Right. That are we willing – because you guys, if you give up your health, your well-being, and the connection to your family for your work, what do you have? Yeah. Because everything we're working for is for health, well-being, and connection to our family. Right. So we've got it opposite. Yes. Um, and just to bring some closure to how you and I figured this out is what we decided is that on Sunday night, it's going to be my job to look at my work week and figure out maybe one, maybe two, maybe three days out of that week, I will be on with the girls after school. And what that means for me, for moms who think that I'm just going to like disappear, I'm still going to be around. Yeah. I'm going to be the Todd in the situation, which means I still may hang out with them. Right. I may go upstairs and take a nap. But I'm may... in charge of after school snacks. I'm in charge of homework. I'm in charge of making dinner. Like I am in charge because if I don't make that plan, we literally put it on the calendar. I put it on my calendar. Yes. Todd is on in this afternoon. Yes. If I don't put that on, I'm letting you do everything. And and I want to keep making the point I was making because a lot of moms will say, but I want to see them after school. I don't want to give up you control. Can't. And here's the thing. Todd is in charge, but I can be there as much as I want. And how did we learn that? Because I used to get mad at you. When Todd would say – Todd's old saying, and again, this is this is way old, but he would say, um, I'll give you a break oh, yeah. or let me do this for you yeah. as if it was something that was not his job. Right. And that that language used to drive me crazy, even though his heart was in the right place. Right. Because he would say, but I want to help Intention you Intention was good. The delivery was bad. Yes. And I'm like, but you're not helping me. You are the parent too. Yeah. We are sharing this. So um, what was I saying? I don't remember. Well, I will interrupt and say that I don't remember either. Really? No, I had something else. Oh, I know. Is that what he would say is I will give you a break or oh, I'll I... be on and you go work. And if I wasn't like working like crazy I'd be like, my what are computer, you doing? he'd think I was wasting well, time. And I would even say, don't even be around. Go to the library, He's go like, to get Starbucks. Out of here, get out of here, which is a nice option. But what I'm looking for is not another boss to tell me what to do, but I'm looking for freedom. Yeah. I want to choose. Yeah. You decide. You pick them up and take that off my head. And if I want to lay on the couch and play with the girls, even though you're quote unquote on, right. I can do that because when I'm done, yeah. I can then get up and work right. instead of have to figure out. Right. That's what all of us are looking for, I think, is freedom, choice. And when the choice is taken away from us, and going back to a point that Todd made 15 minutes ago- one of the things that he decided to do a couple years ago was say, I am going to start picking up or I'm going to start driving the girls to school. And why that was challenging to me is he made that decision that that's how he's going to help. Mm. And he didn't recognize that I enjoy driving the girls to school. No idea. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you enjoy driving them to school? Because that's my morning where I drop them off and I give them a kiss and they start their day. Yeah. I want to be there. And, and I understand that now. But the reason I 
the reason I thought I was taking it off your plate is because I can't stand driving the kids to school. It's uh, just another thing to do. Interesting. Well, like this is perfect. I'll let you have your morning. And now I know that, but I didn't know that before. And it comes back to communication. It does because the important point of this is, is that he was trying to help, yet he was taking away something I loved. So I had to speak up again right. and say, I know you're trying and to help. And then if I'm short-sighted, I'd be like, what? What, what do, do you, you want, want me to me? do? What do you want? And I and what we talked through when we talked that through, it was I do want support, but let's decide together what that means. Yeah. Don't tell me what support means. Yeah. Don't be my boss and 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 vice versa. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be your boss and say, here's what you're gonna do. Right. What we have to say is how can we divide this up and be compassionate toward each mm-hmm. other? And that is seems to be the most difficult thing yeah. in the world for so many families. Right. Communicating, being honest, speaking up, listening, and being compassionate. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah. Well, and for me, um, you know, every Sunday night, it's my job to come to you saying, I'm going to be working from home on Monday and Thursday. Yeah. I will have those days. If I don't have that clarity, that just crystal clarity, we'll, we'll revert back. Now, the other thing is we have this plan and it's worked for the last, what, 10, Two weeks. 10 days. <laughs> We're going to have another one of sure, these talks. It we might will. be tomorrow. We will. It might be in a month. It might be in six months. So... There's my ego wants to say, oh, we, we figured it, it out. We, we know it. better than that. And we know that we're going to be right back here figuring out again. And that's what marriage is. And who knows? Maybe it'll get out of balance the other way. Sometimes yeah. pendulums shift the other way. And we need to, you know, continue to have those conversations and be thoughtful of each other so we don't let things build up. You know, one thing, one uh, thing that Todd and I are very proud of, and maybe we'll patent it someday or copyright it, is the whole concept of mini meltdowns, mm-hmm. is that not just proud of the language, but the, that we do it. Yeah. That um, What's a mini meltdown? A sweetie? mini meltdown is, I am annoyed by something you did today, so I'm going to tell you today. Yeah. I'm not going to wait three weeks and hope it goes away. And it's not something, you know, in my women's circle, this was brought up about, maybe it's not important enough to bring up. Sometimes there's things that we're in a bad mood so we see everything as negative. Yeah. Maybe not every single thing needs to be brought up. You, you should trust your intuition. But if you're offended or if someone did something to hurt you or if you're feeling unseen and it feels like a kick in the gut, yeah. bring it up. Yeah. Don't don't say, well, maybe it's not that big of a deal because you have to honor yourself if you want to be honored. Um, because I would say that one thing that uh, Todd and I in our friendship is most important is that Todd knows if I'm in a good place and you know if things are smooth he knows that there's nothing going on underneath that yeah. he trusts that i'm going to bring things up and vice versa well and that's a thing and i don't know if other marriages feel like this but i know whatever it is that we're going through we're going to get through yes. there's some other marriages which feel like the foundation is isn't as secure and then all of a sudden a sense of doubt creeps in at the back of their mind. And that's why you have to continually make these deposits. Like people say, well, I just don't love my my wife anymore. Well, I don't know. I struggle with that because I've, as I've always said, love is a verb. A love is something you do, not a feeling you get. And if you stopped loving your wife, no then you're going to fall out of love. Yeah. yeah. And again, we can only speak in that middle place because there's plenty of marriages that it's just not going to work. Yeah. You know, there was, it wasn't built on the right foundation to begin right. with. Right. There was maybe a whole different set of circumstances. But if you want it to mm-hmm. be positive, right. if you do like the person you're with, but it's just not working out the way you thought it was, then like Todd said, love is an action. And I will tell you that every day, 
difficult conversation that we have had, and we've had a lot of them. We've had so many difficult conversations. And that's why smile. our marriage is as healthy as it is. <laughs> and that's why I know you as well as I do, because I feel like every conversation has created roots yeah. in this tree. Every where... uncomfortable, crappy <laughs> argument, discussion we've had crying, makes us stronger. Confused. And, and... and a lot of marriages... Are, they, they take the path of least resistance and it's the you get the opposite result. And people f- confuse that as strength. Yeah. They hurt me, but I'm not going to say anything, see how strong I am. Come back to and it's you. the other way around. It's bravery, yeah. speaking up. And you know what? My final thought on this, Todd, what? the more we, you, because I trust you and you're my best friend, you and I get to practice this. So we get to take this out into the world yeah. because now I speak up more with my friends. And when I say speak up, I let them know if I'm sad or if I miss them or if they hurt me. And and I also am more tolerant when people bring that up with me. Right. When people say, well, you've hurt me or whatever, I have great respect for their their bravery to bring it up. So we practice it at home and then we take it out in the world. Um, I want to do a listener's question. It's too... Is it late? Yes. Oh, yeah. Fine. We'll do Tournament of Bad Okay, instead. let's hear it. Hold on. First, I got to cue it up. Tournament of Bad. Tournament of Bad. Tournament of Bad. You ready for the Tournament of Bad, sweetie? I am ready. It's a tournament of good for me okay. and a tournament of bad for you. Uh-oh. You ready? I'm ready. Um, drum roll, please. I don't know what this is. Scented garbage bags. Oh. Psh, love yeah. them. They smell so good. Scented anything. They take Blech. the icky, stinky garbage smell and make it into the yummy, chemically smell. They make it into the disgusting, chemically, doesn't smell good, fake lemon awesomeness i you know what it's it's part of it is it really affects my head i'm sensitive to it now i i can't stand it anything like fake scented is really difficult and i think you know those glade plug-in things love those things oh my god I used to have them in my apartment when I lived in the city. I don't think I had a choice because the city apartment kind of didn't smell good. It was old. But it... William, move your head. Look at the size of that boy's head. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. You're going to give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Has its own weather system. Heed, move. (laughs) Stuart. Bring in the paper. All right, hen. Heed. Paper. No. <laughs> Move that melon of yours and get the paper if you can. Hauling that gargantuan cranium about. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That boy's head's like Sputnik. Spherical, but quite pointy in parts. <laughs> Hold on, last part. Well, that was offside, wasn't it? <laughs> He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. How's that for good parenting, sweetie? <laughs> What's that from? That's from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Um, Kathy has three books. Buy them because they're awesome. Self-Aware Parent Part 1, Self-Aware Parent Part 2, and Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. That's Part 3. Um, what else do we have? Um, the Empowerment Project. Get your tickets. I know we said it at the beginning, but this is it. Uh, this is our last event of the school year. Tell a friend about our show. Buy um, stuff on Amazon through our website. iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews. That's it. All right, guys, we love you, and we'll chat with you next week. Next week, have a good weekend.